So, coronaverse, I should say. It is a coronaverse mm. episode. Yeah. When you're ready, my friend. All right. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another round of the Coaching Roundtable. You see what I did there? Daniel, how are you this week? I'm very well, thank you, Ashley. Sir. Excellent. And Isabel, sporting a brand mm-hmm. new microphone. So she's going to be coming through crisp, clear, <laughs> oh, and better not, than I'm ever. Not using it at the, I'm not using it at the moment. I've actually had oh, that for a little what's while. What's the you point in just... spending that much money on a mic if you're not going to use it? Well, uh, because I, because <laughs> I haven't got around to attaching it to the phone today. Other days I do, but uh, yeah, not today. Yeah, she's got to test it out properly. You know, make sure. Oh, I've tested it eight heaps. I use it on um, Zoom calls. For some reason, it doesn't work on my laptop with Skype, and I'm being the techno whiz that I am. Um, I haven't worked it out yet, so oh, I've tried I can all tell the you, things. I can probably tell you now what it is. It's actually the cable type. You actually you have to order a special cable, apparently. No, no, I've got that. It, it, have it, you? it worked. I've got. I bought that special cable, and oh. it works on my laptop on Zoom, but not on my laptop with Skype. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say we're solving IT problems. It, it, welcome to the Coaching Roundtable IT Solutions episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what it. We, well, coaching is coaching. Coaching's coaching. Well, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Tell so us. anyway, this week we are doing a coronavirus-centric episode in that uh, we are covering questions from the audience. And the uh, the first question that came through, because I've had a ton of questions today. Hang on, hang but, on, hang on. Well, are we well, going to jump straight into the questions or are we going to? Yeah, uh, why not? I was just oh, going right. to cover the topic first. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we can, yeah, go. Tell us the topic and we'll see. We'll go from there. I want to hear about. So the, 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 first, the first question that came in was virtual racing and what do we think of it? And uh, it has overtaken the world. 2020 is the world of virtual, yeah. virtual everything. Virtually, we're stuck at home, and virtually, we're doing everything online. Thank, thank goodness there is the internet. Mm. Otherwise, we'd be uh, in all sorts of trouble. And, uh, well, either that or we'd be very bored at home. Um, okay. Regardless, and- we're very bored at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, I think it's important that we uh, do a shout-out for all the, the people who have mm. um, submitted listener questions. and. Um, so the very first question, we might as well get into it. We can probably talk about our training a little later if you like. But um, who was we can because I, I have literally just had another three questions come through from another listener. Oh well, so, we can't. We might not get like, to all of them today. No, we won't get to all of them. But maybe we'll do a series. Yeah, that's what Three I was hoping questions. we could do. Mm. Excellent. Well, let's, yeah. let's start with the let's start with the uh, the, the can of worms question. that is virtual racing. Who is that from? Who is that question from? That was from Jen, wasn't it? Jen? Philby? Jen Jen Philby. She's a regular um, contributor yeah. to our Facebook page. <coughs> and um, I see her popping up, I think, even on around on Strava things. That's and, right. Um, yeah. So thank you, Jen. Okay. So, yes, I mean, to be honest, I have a bit of difficulty with virtual races. Yes. Just far yes, away. Con- continue, continue. Don't, well, don't stop there because that, 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 that's, that's it. The show's finished. Yeah, we're Israel done. I've said my opinion. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like 
it's not the race. How can you compete compete against other people in a race where you're all doing different courses? My course might be really slow or really fast yeah. compared to yours, and it's uh, different con- weather conditions, different time of day perhaps I don't know but just just a different course and different weather conditions you can't compare how are they comparable I don't get it well yeah but, but here's my question is it about the racing or is it about the collection of the finishes of metal and the start mm. of the year mm. I don't want to be too uh, cynical because I actually think even though I'm not a huge fan of it I do see the merit in them to an extent um I sort of agree with you Isabel but like, and, it's and not, yes, I see yeah. the merit too. And if it keeps Given people motivated and yeah. if it keeps race directors in, in business, then mm. that's fantastic. But for myself, I yeah, wouldn't your, do it. Yeah. But that's yeah. just me. When I when I think virtual, I'm thinking of like the matrix. If only we could have that level of <laughs> internet technology. That's we could right. Have, we could go into a virtual world and run together. Yes. A bit like Zwift, which is like, an, you know, the cycling app Zwift? Yeah. Um, where you write, you are literally on a virtual race course and you're sitting on people sitting on their trainers like that stuff gets serious and, and like if you could do that on a treadmill and everyone's running basically the same course on this treadmill program yeah. then I can see how you could do that because it's comparable yes but when yes, you're you ta- um, you've taken the you've taken the uh anomalies out of it and you've yes. made it more laboratory type conditions so everyone's running the same course in theory yeah uh, I, th- I think that yes from a racing point of view that definitely comes into its own as i, I didn't i send you guys a link the other week uh about the virtual glasses that put a virtual runner in front of yes. you so you've got oh a virtual pacer yeah yeah so they're available on the market now so anybody who wants to go yeah, out there thanks. and no. you know, blow a bunch of money yeah. You can. You can have a virtual pacer. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of – look, I'm all for embracing new technology. Um, yeah, me too. And, giving, and I think at the end – I mean, it's weird. It's such a weird change. We live in weird times. And so it reminds me of – um. so recently I think I mentioned the other week about – oh, maybe I didn't mention it. There was the – Mo Farah um, went out and broke the one-hour – record yeah we sort um, of briefly touched on it yeah and they they had and it was previously that was held by Haley Gabriel Selassie from Ethiopia the great Haley Mm. and so but what they did if you go and look at the video they actually had a projected on so for this is the viewing audience you could watch Haley Gabriel Selassie's virtual like image running on the track right next to the other runners oh how awesome yeah it was really cool to watch I like that you could see when he was in front of them, and then when they fought, mm. they put they put the virtual. It was kind of weird because it was a a computer generated version of him. It wasn't like video, so it didn't he didn't run with like the same for like a normal human. He looked a bit weird, but yeah. it, the fact that the speed was accurate, and so he was out there in like lane three or something, and so you could see him running next to like Mo Farah and the other guys and. They were like, and when they finally put a gap on him and then he closed the gap on them because they slowed down. And yeah. I love that. From a television viewing perspective, it's not too yeah. dissimilar to them having like, you know, in the swimming, they always would have the line where the world record is. Yes, yeah, and the, yeah. And, the, and going up and down the pool. I love that idea. So that's at the elite level. Um, but as in virtual races in the concept of just um, 
you know, you pay your entry fee. Like the virtual Boston Marathon was has been yeah. and gone recently. And I, I do feel like virtual it's a London cash, coming up in a week. The cash grab, the the virtual these these sort of mass participation so you can buy essentially just buy your medal and you go yeah. enjoy you know, you can't call anyone a, a winner. Um, you know, except in the case of London where they're actually going to do an elite only race as you know, so but um yeah, I look I've not done any virtual races during this year. So I'll be honest. Neither have I. I haven't. Oh, I haven't, actually, I uh, did, didn't I? I did. I'm a liar. Did you do? I did that Hoka One One, the 100K over the weekend. And how did you enjoy that experience? <laughs> it was okay. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> You're allowed to enjoy it. And, and you know what? And I do recall, God, I have selective memory clearly, thinking, but you see, we all had to start at the same time. So that was yeah. one thing that I liked. It didn't matter where in the world you were, you had to start at the same time. And I, it was nice to think people are starting yeah. and are doing this at the same time as me. So that was nice. I Good. did find it difficult knowing that some people were doing it out on a fast road course and I was doing it on trail and it was going to be slower. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't care about my time, but I thought, well, it's not really comparable. But I liked the sense of community knowing that people were running at the same time as me. Yeah. And then did you get to like share your results on a on a particular page? Or oh yeah, it... there was a there was a results page, yeah. Yeah. But once again, people went got really good times because they did it on the road and did, you know, whereas I did it on the trails. So it was like, well, I'm, I can't compare to you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um it's tricky. Um so I I was thinking about the vir- – remember, we were going to almost do a little virtual race. That's with, right. And um, one thing sort of didn't happen and then, yeah. So Well, yeah, I, was I went to stage three or stage four, so I couldn't. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't be out for long. So we yeah. were – for the listeners, I'll put it out there. We were going to do our own – and still might happen in the future. Yeah. Um, the, the coaching roundtable uh, virtual last one standing where we were yeah. going to – which – and I think – I was excited about the prospect of doing that. Uh, yeah, me too. Because yeah, I think we were. But gonna... we had discussed it. Remember, we were going to do. We had I we had arranged our courses so we all had similar elevation. Yeah, exactly. That's what I. So that to me was fair. Yeah. So like it had to be within like yeah, and I think they need to have regulations like that. If they're going to keep yes. going with these, so like you have to establish a course. It has to be submitted previously yeah. so that people. You know, because what if someone chooses a course that's like a net downhill, you know, where it's yeah, like, exactly. a, you know, they can run a screamingly fast time. So um, what do you think, Ashley? Yeah, look, maybe it's going to go the way of podcasts, and that is that there's more pot running podcasts now than there are runners <laughs> in the world. And yeah. maybe there's going to be more virtual races in the world than there are runners. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just seems to be the, the current thing, and it's – it's it's like many things, you know, something kind of grabs hold and then everybody jumps on the bandwagon and goes, yep, let's let's do that, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. And like everything in that regard, in a couple of years' time, you'll find that there's a few really good, big virtual races that everybody wants to be involved in and then everything else kind of falls by the wayside as as things get filtered out. And I think that we're just in that virtual boom due to – um, the current circumstances. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. And it's kind of like working from home. I think that working from home 
has some significant advantages and I think working from home also has some disadvantages. Mm. And I think that uh, for the first time, we've seen some very positive things out of this virus and that is people are being able to work from home and bosses are realising that their staff are trustworthy. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think the same thing will happen with races. I think that, that we'll get non-virtual races that, that boom out of this because uh, they've put the time and effort into figuring out ways of racing non-virtually and meeting all of the requirements for COVID. And I think the same will happen with virtual races. And they may not be the same. You may find that, you know, the real London Marathon's on and then there's a virtual one held six months apart from that. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably where it'll go. The, the, this comes from a very personal point of view, and that is I personally don't collect medals and I personally don't yes. collect shirts. I don't collect and, them either. Yeah, and, and, same. And I, prob- and I did it the first couple of races, don't get me wrong, because I went, oh, this is really mm. novel. But once you start doing a lot of races, then you just end up with yeah. a cupboard full of stuff that you yeah, never wear exactly. again. And it's not that the race yeah. directors don't put in a massive effort into building that that stuff. Uh, and it's the same with, with medals. I, I, I don't have a trophy cabinet. That doesn't interest me. I'm there for the experience. Yeah. And most of the time, right. yeah. I'm, I'm not there to race anyone else. I'm there to race myself. Good so point. from a you, virtual point of view, I think that's great. You do get to go out and kind of yeah, race yourself, and it makes you me, do something on that day. It does make you do something, but for me, I would run regardless. So that doesn't matter. And to me, it's about the people. And therefore, if I'm doing it on my own, it's kind of, I don't know, what's the point? Well, here's the, that's a good question. So what it's, it comes back to what really motivates you to, to, yeah. to race. Some people that's it. run for the T-shirt. Some people run for the race medal. So for me... Most of my race medals have ended up in a drawer. I have a handful that yeah. I just I that were really special to me because of the, the special memory it's associated with it. So I do keep some of them out. You know, I do love like the the one I did in New Zealand in January, which seems like about five years ago now. But um, <laughs> that that is a special race to me, partly also because it, the story attached to the medal and the fact I think I'd mentioned it to you guys that. It was just a piece of wood that the guy had cut from the post. To make oh, the awesome, yeah. Yeah, and just on a piece of string. Like nothing – it's the most unfancy um, yeah. metal. And the fact that I had to beg with quarantine to get it through <laughs> back into Australia. And, uh, like, that wouldn't happen now. I was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, I wouldn't be able to get anything through. Um, no, so, God, no. Yeah. I, got, I literally got told never to do it – to bring a metal back again. So maybe next oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They were they – were, a bit cross with me. They were going to confiscate my medal. Uh-huh. And I said, I, I had to run 100 kilometres to get that medal. And then she suggested <laughs> I don't run 100 kilometres anymore. <laughs> yeah. so, and did you go, what madness are you talking, woman? You crazy. <laughs> they, would have, they would have probably detained me. <laughs> Border force. But, yeah, no, it was um, – so, yeah, like, no, I don't know if there's – see, for me – I think this year has been a really good perspective changer and then what really does motivate you to run. And, you know, obviously some people are devastated by the fact that they can't race and compete and get that medal or race or beat someone. Some people, I mean, I don't, don't be afraid of being competitive. And I guess it gets hard to be competitive when your competitor is not running right next to you, you know? Yeah. 
if it's just yeah. a list of names with faster times. Yeah. And I feel like it, do, it could open itself up to more cheating. If this was to become a more serious thing with the virtual racing, because I think that they'll con- a lot of companies will continue them on. Like, I think when racing does, I don't think they'll completely disappear because some people will go, well, virtual racing suits me. Like, say there might be a virtual London marathon in, you know, for years to come, you know, as well yeah. as the normal marathon because it's the cheap alternative. And so, I don't know. It's, um, I don't think we're going to get to a But I just think there needs to be, I think there needs to be some, they need to get a little bit more organised. Yeah, it's a virtual race, but it's like what we said. You've got, to, they've, you've got to say, okay, this is my course. It's got X amount of elevation. It's on road. It's on trail. You know, maybe have road categories and trail categories. And yes. get it a little bit more organised, not just, oh, it's a virtual race. Everybody just do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. And everyone runs at the same time. So there is that feeling that although you can't see the person, you know your, you know, compatriots in the running community are running at the same time yeah. and um, and that you are running on a very as similar a course as you can possibly get. And, you know, maybe have a treadmill section, a road section, a trail section. Yeah. And, you know, and that way you're actually, I don't know, I just feel that that would make it a little bit more relevant to people rather than just and randomly fair. running whenever. Yeah, so then I think we can agree in saying it has potential, but it's not mm. quite, it hasn't been ironed out properly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. That that's, that's what case. I think, I think it is. that it hasn't been ironed out properly. What's been interesting for me is there's been a few weekends where I've been driving uh, you know, a, a reasonable distance and I've gone, geez, there's a lot of runners out this weekend. And then yeah. I, I've mentioned that either online or to somebody else and they said, oh, such and such virtual race was on. And it's like, yeah. wow, they've yeah. got a lot of people out running all at the same time. Yeah. And from that yeah. point of view, I can see it as an absolute positive. Yeah. Yes. But then also – Because it's like, just getting people out the door. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's that little motivator that, that people need to get out the door. So yeah. I yes. think that's excellent. Do I think it takes – do I think it will replace real racing? Absolutely not. No, because yeah. I, I want to go and be on the same course as everybody else. And, you know, when the storm comes through at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're all stuck in it. The stories. Um, yeah. You want the you know, stories. Yeah, yeah, it's the stories. Yeah. The human connection. The, look, that, to me, that's the single biggest thing that has made this year hard is we've lost this. We've had to lose the yeah. human connection, you know. Yeah. I miss I miss high fives in races. Yeah. I miss being just able to cheer someone on or be cheered on. You know, and I think that's another thing that people really miss. You know, like um, the Adelaide Marathon just went this past weekend here in Adelaide, of course. Yes, that's right. And um, I didn't do it. And I have to say, I have to tip my hat to how they did it, though. And because I had a few of my. How did they do it? They sent everyone off in waves for over several, I think it was over several hours, um, where groups of three every 10 seconds. So people were just ready. So they wow. got a, they got a, a text message um, a, to say be at this in the starting corral at this time, um, and you'll line up and you'll go. That's your, awesome. And it, it worked, and everyone was really pleased. There was so you still had the opportunity to run with other people. I mean, I think that's as close as you can get. And that, yeah. there was I think there was well over fifteen hundred people in it, which is obviously a lot. Wow, more. that's a lot of organisational work. Yeah. So. 
that could be the future, that kind of thing. Um, well, it's going to be the future for a little while, not forever. <clears throat> yeah, but it's an but for a little while. Yeah. yeah. The only downside, and obviously it, there's, there's, I think it was seeded, so your faster runners will go yes. first. And so yeah. um, obviously it's almost like it makes it like a time trial because, you yeah, know, like does, the, the Tour de France, how they have yeah. their time trial, and they how far apart they usually go, like a minute? They're two minutes yeah. apart. Yeah, so this obviously, um, obviously to get through more people, they had to do it every 10 seconds, but 10 seconds is enough to create some space. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and so well, everyone, the people who I coach who went ahead and did it, shout out to Tamis and Beth for smashing the yeah. the marathon. Who I, um, It was pretty warm out there, got into the high 20s. And um, so, yeah. Wow, uh, that is warm. That was, that was close. <laughs> Yeah, it was warm, especially after having lots of cold weather and then bang, mm. to run a marathon. Uh, so there, that's an option. It's sort of where it's not virtual, but it's a real world race. And so anyway, but um, yeah, I don't know. I prefer yeah, to do we that. Yeah, we used to have we used to have a race here uh, in southeast Queensland like that. It was in a high conservation area, but they wanted to run a race through it just because it was just such an attractive place to go through. Yeah, and basically national parks came back and said. Okay, you you can run a race, but it can't be more than ten people starting together, and so that's what they did. They did ten mm. people starting together, ten minutes apart, every ten minutes until mm. two hundred odd people went through. Um, yeah. And the problem with that, of course, was it was great for the people who started early in the morning because they were going to finish yeah. before mm-hmm. it got really blinking hot. Uh, it was running winter, but still, like you start later in the day and you run into the heat. It's a, it is a different race from that point of view. Mm. Uh, but it it did allow for a race to go through a high conservation area yeah. and not have the the impact. You know, you, it meant that you hit single track pretty quickly and people were mm. already spaced out, which was good. Yeah, mm. well, cool. Yeah, well, that's um. I think we've done a pretty reasonable analysis of virtual races. Yep. Um, it's I mean, as much as it's like a not as good as the real thing, it's still pretty good. You know, it's not terrible, yeah. but, you know. And um, so, yeah, what, what are, what's some other questions? We've got another question. Are we ready to move on to another question? I think we are, yeah. Yep. What, have you got the, any questions? you got the questions there, Ash? Or okay, hang on. Someone's let me, got to let me Let me get back to somebody who asked a question. Yeah. Um, so, Daniel, tell us about your week's racing at this point in time oh, while I five get weeks back in here. Running. Look. To be honest, building on last uh, week, it's not. It was slightly less of a disaster, but still not fantastic. Um, I have had. I didn't run a lot because I got to give it a bit of time. Um, been working hard on the physio, the physiotherapy, and I'm also just trying to um, do the right thing. But I made a mistake. I went out because it was feeling good. Now this is a, a bit of advice for everyone. Tell, do what your physiotherapist tells you to do. He said to me, do the strength work. Don't. He said, stay away from the trails and just run flat. And I was like, that's okay. I'm focusing on a, for a flat race anyway. But I woke up mm-hmm. on Sunday, Sunday morning. And it was just before 6 a.m. And the tr- uh-huh. beautiful morning. And there was a, and I haven't been on the trails for ages. My knee felt really good. And I'm like, I'm just going to go for a nice, easy jaunt up over the hill. <laughs> And mm-hmm. seriously, like, felt good. I jogged up to the trail, 
felt good. Started going. I got halfway up uh, my uh, up Black Hill, which is my local trail, and started to tinge a little bit. So I was just I did a lot of walking going up, and it was more just because I didn't want to put that pressure on my knee. And it was oh, I got to the top, but yeah. going down the other side, going down the trail was bloody like I was like I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have come out. I should not have because I, it took me longer. Mm-hmm. It took me longer to go down the hill than it did to go up the hill, <laughs> you know, because I had to walk. Yeah, well, something's wrong when that happens. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, so it's frustrating. But then I went for a run on the flat yesterday and it was more or less fine. And so I'm just going to pay. Mm. I'm going to do the right thing. It is something. I just got to stay away from the hills. And it's a pretty steep hill that I was trying to go up and down. And, um, and so I'll just um, do the right thing press on with my physiotherapy and uh hope for the best and hope that it's i think it's just going to take a little while i'm not i'm there's a glimmer of hope for the six now. you there so yeah we're still here yeah so anyway that's that's my training yeah excellent yeah getting there How it's about- it's i i think that uh for any runner who gets injured the the biggest problem with the human body, the human body is amazing. It is, it can repair itself incredibly quickly, really, but it still feels like forever when you're the person who's injured. Does. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if you've been told you've got to take X amount of time off and that is a, an actual valid, because sometimes I, I look at what, you know, from a coaching point of view that someone says, oh, you should take this long off. And I think, really? But, they mean that long off from a very specific activity. It doesn't mean that long off from, you know, it doesn't mean sitting on the couch for the next six weeks, if that was an example. But, yes, um, yeah. yes it, you know, but, if you've got a stress fracture or whatever. Into that. Yeah. Yes, which is hard. It's. Um, oh, Isabel, it's, I'm being good. Though. I'm not running a great deal. Like, I would have been lucky to, to do um, 30 kilometres last week. And it would have been a, oh, wow. you know, so I'm keeping them. It's, it's a, and that's just because it's the way it is. I'm having days off and yeah. So it's just, um, the nature of the beast. I'll say this yeah. thing and I, I just want to, I know we've got other things to talk about. Have you guys, when you've been injured and I've never really experienced this until this time, I feel like the stress of the injury when I'm running, it just wears me out. Like I feel like yes. I'm, I'm more puffed out. And like I feel like everything's working harder because that part is not working very well. Does that do you guys? Oh that? yeah, yeah, that definitely yeah. happens. Or you, you just you're kind of you you're constantly second guessing. Is it coming back? Is it getting worse? What am I feeling yeah. the whole time? It's exactly. And because I had a few sections where I'd go for a couple of k's. Oh, this is on a different run, a flat run. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But then like you just all of a sudden it's just like oh and i can feel the, uh, maybe it's the stress and anxiety related to it that i feel like my heart rate is increasing but then then yeah. i look I, then i think hang on my breathing is barely changing you know so i yeah. i feel maybe it's like a just a systemic stress thing and so it's i know it's not something that i've ever experienced before so anyway i i thought maybe i was just going crazy or perhaps that i had suddenly lost all my fitness <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. No, lost... you have to have cancer no. to happen. No, well, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope not. Yeah. It can all disappear in a week. It's amazing 
when tumors get active, what they do to your body. But um, onto a lighter, onto a better subject. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going to suggest for this week, um, listening to you know, listening and understanding what to listen to and what not to listen to when your body is speaking to you. But we'll save that for another date. Yes. In mm, the, that uh, is in an the podcast topic. series. Yeah. Now, wasn't uh, one of the questions, um, <clears throat> how do we choose our first race? Yeah. So yeah. that that was the question that I have here: is how do you choose your choose your first race? And is there any strategy or just what interests and excites you? So good. So that is from a, a beginner runner, Mel, mm. and uh, I've been helping Mel out with her with her running, and that's what she would like to know: is how does she pick her first race? All right. Who wants to go first? I think it's a great question. It makes God, it was me... so long ago, I can't even remember. Mm. What was your mm. – do you remember what you – you don't even know what your first – first ultra? We'll go first oh, ultra. I remember my very first ever race that I did, first running race, yes. Yeah. And I remember my first trail race and my first – yeah, I remember all of them, but I can't remember specifically why those were the ones I chose. Convenience this... more than anything. Tell us your first – ever race i'm interested like were you was this when you were a kid oh god no i took up running in my mid-30s um oh, wow yeah no it was just a, a race at the like the lilydale lake some race and um it was like you know i don't know 8k or something like that or even 5k and i remember thinking oh i need to eat a big hearty breakfast so that i don't so i don't run out of energy <laughs> all, all i wanted to do was vomit the whole way it was horrendous yeah. But it was I chose that race because it was local. I didn't yeah. have to drive very far, you know. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I learned a big lesson in that one. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, do you don't remember your first ultra though? Well, my first ultra was really my first marathon. It was the uh, Great Ocean Road Marathon, which was forty-five k, right? But um, and then I did the other sort of ultra I did was six foot track, and then I did um. Kepler, that was 56K. So I consider that my first real ultra. Yep. Interesting. And um, mm. was there a reason? I chose Kepler because um, I wanted to go to New Zealand. I'd heard it was really beautiful and I thought it would just be an awesome race to do because of the, the beauty of the area. So yeah. I think, yeah, choose something that you're excited about because when the going gets tough, you know, you want to have chosen a race that at least excites you, not just one, oh, well, I'm doing it to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that being excited about is the most important part. Mm. Uh, yeah. I honestly get more excited about adventures that I plan myself than I do yeah. about races. Um, yeah. You know, and I've done a few. I've done uh, one in particular, which was something I had wanted to do for, like, 15 years and that was literally jump on a plane fly down to Hobart Mm -hmm. run from the sea to the top of Mount Wellington back to the sea jump back on a plane and fly back to Brisbane and I just did that I just did that by myself so I literally I jumped on a plane I flew down to Hobart and lo and behold what do you know that happens in September they have (laughs) a massive storm and it dumps snow the entire night and then I run, and then and then the next day I run up in the snowstorm, and uh, they had closed the road to the top of Mount Wellington, mm. and I still I still ran it, so I ran to the top, and then at the top there was a hundred kilometer an hour winds, everything oh, was completely geez. shut, 
um, it was brilliant. Like it was, you know, and then I ran back down to Salamanca Place and caught a taxi yeah. back to the airport and, and caught a plane home. How um, exciting. <laughs> it was a real, it was a real adventure. And yes. it was, um, it was great fun. And I learnt a lot because I made quite a few bad mistakes. <laughs> like, uh, but you that's, that's actually, the time that you learn the most. That the bad mistakes are good. Yeah, they are. That was the They're one where mistakes, I learned. Just lessons. They <laughs> are lessons. It was the time that I learned that my gloves actually need to be tied on to oh, my yes. arms so in conditions like that, so they don't blow away. Because they did, they blew away. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was running with my hands in my pockets mm. because I had a full down jacket on running. It was that mm. cold. Wow. Um, but it was a great, it was a great adventure. So, so I think one of the, the, the way I perceive this question is, um, probably more to do with like what sort of distances as well. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. just thinking because some people might just, I know people are, some people just, they might run a half marathon or something and they go and they get hooked and then they go, Oh gee, I'd love to do a 100 K. And then there's a 100 K pops up on their feed. And they go, oh, I'm just going to sign up. Oops, my finger slipped. You know, people say stuff like that. Or, and it's like, it didn't, that's, see, when in, in those instances, I think it's silly to step straight up to a big race. Yeah. Like, and I think you need to give yourself enough time to re- and be realistic that to not go, oh, I'm going to step up and do a 100K or a 100 miler without actually putting in the real groundwork. Mm. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, Finding that balancing point between excitement and realizing that it, it can be really bloody hard because yeah. it can be demoralizing for someone who signs up for a massive race and then really ends up having to DNF because they're just completely unprepared for it, you know. And both your cases, you weren't unprepared. And um, but you know, I've seen it. People they do they go they do t- they it's like their appetite is bigger than their stomach, you know, like um, yeah. eyes are too big. Yeah. yeah. It's find something there that you're excited about, but that is, I think it's good to overreach just a little bit, but not too I much. think it is because it pushes you yeah. as well. I mean. Just outside your comfort zone. Yeah. But not, yeah, not too far, but yeah, you're not going to go from 50K to 100 miler, but yeah. Yeah. I know, I know when I first started racing and I decided that I wanted to do an ultra, yeah, I hadn't ever run an ultra. I'd never run a marathon. I'd never run a half marathon. I just decided I'm going to run an ultra. Now, let's just think about this for a second. What should mm-hmm. you do first? And I went, okay, I want to run this particular ultra because at that stage in running, pretty much there were like two ultras in the country. So, and I was very lucky that one was in the Glasshouse Mountains. Yeah. And so I went, right, yeah, well, I'll go and run the 25K and just see what that's like and see yeah. how I react and mm. what happens to my body and how much yeah. do I need to eat and do I throw up and, you know, all, all these questions that were going through my head that all I wasn't going questions. to answer. And, yeah, I wasn't going to answer them until I had tested myself. And so... Mm. Basically, I went out and I ran 25Ks and I learnt that on that – I ran so I ran part of the course, you know, yeah, right. in, a short, in a short race, which was 25Ks long. And I learnt that, one, you were going to be running through sand and running through sand sucks. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and it running through sand if, if you're running along bitumen and you run 1k on bitumen if you run 1k in sand you better go and run 10ks on the bitumen to replicate it yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and a lot of the course was sandy and then i went hang on a lot of the course is rocky that really hurts your ankles okay yeah. i need to do a lot of ankle stability work yeah. because if well, i take a bad step <laughs> i may as well just stop there because i'm going to be icing my ankle for the next six months um and then it was food. I, I learnt food-wise that having a big meal before you start running is really mm-hmm. bad. But not That's eating like before you learned. start running <laughs> is just as bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting the meal size right was really important. And then picking the right sort of meal, which for me has changed over the years, but not dramatically, actually. Um, I've just refined it. Mm. So that, that's how I tested myself. And I went, radio. okay, I know what the course is like now. I've, I've tried a bit of the course. I've done, you know, a recce as mm. such. And then, yeah, I went out and ran the the ultra, which was an 84K. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. And it was great fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I like the idea, and a lot of, like, races have – they're a festival, and they do have all the multiple distances. And so you can return, and you've had a taste of each of the course – in a shorter distance and then go back and go longer and longer and longer. You know, many of them will have anything from a, a sub ultra distance right up to a hundred miler, you know, so they might have four or five different distances to compete in. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Now. So, yeah. So what are the takeaways from that one? I think we've got it. I think basically choose something that, that interests you from my yeah. mind. Yeah, and that I think you some... and makes you want to train and and do all the all the work for it. And just be don't be a complete idiot, and mm. but be about a just 50, a partial one. A partial idiot. <laughs> no, I was just going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> yeah, the other part is that that little bit of self preservation that you've got to keep. So yeah, that's no, good, 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 good. I, I think I th- I also think it's uh, your first couple of races are very much about testing yourself. And, yeah. and working out what works for you. Because what works for me personally and what works for us three may be mm. completely different to what works for you as the listener. You know, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I remember going for a long bike ride back when I was doing Ironman and we'd, we were doing a 180K bike ride. And this guy who was with us stopped and ate three pies at oh, the bakery. Lord. And I went, oh. how, 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 like, you, surely this guy's going to be throwing up the whole way back. It was still another 80Ks to go. No, he, he moved to the front of the pack and took off. Yeah. He, to be fair, so I, you know what, though? And, like, you, the cyclists and stuff in, like, the tour. Yeah, it's a bit they, easier to eat in cycling. Yeah, because you're not, you're not bouncing around. And, you know, like, yeah. hey, dude, and uh, I've got a friend who's – I'm not going to say who he, was, who he is, but um, I've, I'm very good – one of the ladies that I coach, her husband is the brother of – uh, an Australian great cyclone um, who has been right up there on the tour. I won't say it on the recording because I haven't, I don't like to bring up names without permission. Um, but he said that during the tour, they would, if like in the team cycled, they would um, take it in turns at eating. So someone would just guts themselves and they would hang back in the pack while that food digests. Uh... And so they give them, they give each other a chance yeah to um to to feed to, to yeah. really feed they can they can down the calories and down the yeah. food 
you, you, you're a cycling, you've got a cycling background, haven't you, Isabel? Yeah, yeah, and that's why that first running race I did, I thought, oh, I should eat a good breakfast like I do yeah. before I am um, do a bike race. I just didn't realise how much it would bounce around and make me want to bath the whole way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> good. Yeah, you definitely bounce around a lot more running than you do on a bike. Oh, yeah. 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 And it'll either come out the front, the top or the bottom. You've got to exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, good one. No, good good question. All right. Any others? I'm enjoying this. Mm, right, hang I on. think there was good format. Okay, so the next question is what is the minimum gear we're moving into summer here in, in Australia. So for, for everybody listening in the northern hemisphere, I know you're moving into winter, but here we're moving into summer. And it's what is the minimum gear requirement to run safely in summer? All right. Who wants to take this one? Well, yeah, safely, I, I, safely is the word that's got me. Yeah, yeah sa- safely makes it more <laughs> difficult. I know. Look for myself in, personally. In order yes. of priority. In order mm. of priority. The first thing is the ability to carry fluids, yeah. and to make sure you actually carry enough. So yesterday I went out for uh, a couple of laps um, of a mountain, and I carried what I have been carrying, which was 700 ml of water for each seven k's. Which doesn't, mm-hmm. which is not a lot, but I thought it was still enough. And yesterday the temperature stepped up significantly um, as we are moving from directly from winter to summer here in southeast Queensland. Yep. And I ran out of water at the top and went. And yesterday I went right. I've got to actually start carrying more fluids, which in and of itself becomes a bit of an issue because I don't like to wear a vest because mm. it makes you hotter. Mm. Um, but I'm going to have to wear a vest to be able to carry enough fluids. Yeah. Mm. You can so, wet the vest. Mm. That's one. Yeah, thing but you, 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 a couple of minutes of running here, it's that yeah, that's right. humid yeah. that you're mm. wet anyway. All right. So yeah. that's so, water's number one. Yep. So water's water, number one. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, um, <clears throat> what are you wearing? Well, obviously, like, just just a singlet and shorts, like if we're going to get down to basics here. Think, yeah. Um, sun protection, but, um, though. Yeah, mm. but you need to think about, yeah, the sun. And, like, I'm not a big – and, you know, I'm I'm not a big believer in using sunscreen because it makes me sweat differently and yep. it's horrible and I hate it. It makes me hot and sweaty and disgusting. And um, I feel like I can't control my body heat as well. So I yeah. would use a peak. Um and you know to keep the sun off my face but but i'm i'm lucky i've got good european skin i don't i don't burn like like somebody with paler skin yeah see me too actually so yeah yeah well i have um, the pale skin amongst the three of us and i actually wear more clothing in summer yeah than Mm. i do in winter yeah and i can believe Um, that yeah and that's to keep because i i'm the same as you the sunburn cream is great when I'm at the beach, yeah, but it's fine running beach, in it, yeah, it, no, it does make you – it makes you hotter. It blocks it makes your pores, you I swear. Yep. So yep. I I wear sleeves mm. and then I'll wear a buff around my neck um, yep. or I'll wear um, – what are the – Legionnaire's cap. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. If I'm going to be out for a long time in the heat, otherwise I just wear a cap but with a buff around my um, yep. neck. And wearing a Legionnaire's cap increases your um, – your ability to look like a dork as well, which is really oh, good. Oh, hugely, 
<laughs> I was going to say something, but I didn't want to be mean. So, no, yeah. So thanks, I went, I went there. <laughs> no, look, it, look, it's fine. They're very practical. They're, um, yeah. They're, but, I, yeah, I'd struggle. I'd rather wear, like, a bucket hat if I was going to wear something. Like a, you know. Oh, full- God, no. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm not saying I do, but I would rather wear that than a Legionnaire's. Um, but the um, I, I've seen some people in races, and and I've seen um, Candace Burt. I've seen her wear this as well, and that's like the old loose-fitting, like old business shirts. You know, like the, um, oh, yeah, they're very thin, and they to because I think it is important to cover something to cover your skin and that like I was, last year when I was doing heist and this I was running with this guy for a while and he was wearing a shirt like that. And, and it was like, he was able to button it down. And at, th- at first I thought it was dorky, but then I thought it looked really like comfortable. And then, um, yeah. yeah. So I've never done it though, but yeah. Cover so I, I have a shirt, two shirts exactly like that. They're yeah. made by outdoor research and they're oh. actually rock climbing shirts for long day rock climbing. Uh-huh. Um, and they they've got four way stretch in them, but they look like a business shirt. Yeah. Huh. And the idea is that you can fold the collar up and clip the collar shut so that it covers your neck. Yeah. And then you know they also have like clips so you can roll the sleeve up if you want to and clip it up or roll it yeah. down. Yeah, they're great. They they are hot though. Mm. Um, but they are yeah. brilliant at keeping the sun off. And yeah, SPF fifty rated. Wow. Um, so go. they're good. I yeah, think, that sounds good. So we're, we're talking hat, maybe sunscreen, definitely water. Um, and a cover. snake bandage. Definitely a snake bandage. Um, although you could go mm. you could go a whole summer and not see any snakes. Yeah, uh, you could definitely. But, but then there's that yeah. one, you just need it for that. They, they weigh virtually nothing and it yeah. could quite literally save your life. So yeah. you're, you're crazy not to wear one. I mean, when um, I was in I've Canada, re- considering I ran... I've recently caught a snake by accident, yes. Yeah. yeah. And when I was in Canada, you ran with a, a bottle of bear spray, yes. and I never saw a bear, but that weighed a lot more than a snake bandage. But I was not run with it. So a snake bandage, by comparison, is nothing. It's like wearing a seatbelt. You might yeah. not ever. You, I mean, you don't have a car accident every time you go out. No, you exactly. Wear a seatbelt. Yeah. So um. Yeah, that's good. Snake bandage go, sort of goes without saying, but in Australia, yeah. it's pretty unique. And um, and to be honest, what I would also recommend, and it's very lightweight, is I always run with a space blanket because, yeah. say, for instance, if someone you does too. get bitten by a snake, it's highly likely they're going to go into shock. Yep. And if, it doesn't matter how hot it is. If they go into shock, you need a space blanket. Absolutely. That, those space blankets are so versatile. Yes. Can, they're good. In the hot weather, let's say you get stuck somewhere and you're waiting mm. to get picked up on the trails and you need you've got nowhere to shelter. Yeah. They're they're an automatic. You can make yourself a little shelter out of one. Like just yeah. to keep if you're sitting out and it's hot and it's direct under direct sun, that could help you stop you from perishing and get it. And yeah. um, you know, it's they're amazing in winter. Like when you're really cold, yes. yeah, you put it around your body. They're in, they just make such a difference. But um, I just think it's one of those. Bits of kit. It, it's very lightweight. Mm-hmm. Just, I have one in each of my packs, basically, and so I always have one. <clears throat> yeah. Another thing that's really important, and it's funny, we're going through basically like the standard mandatory yeah. gear. Is that yeah. essential? We are. We like, are kind of going through the standard mandatory gear here. And like a whistle is also important. A phone. To be I honest, would... I don't bother with a whistle other than the one that's on the pack, which seriously, it's not Good. worth the bit of plastic it's made out of. But, yeah. 
Oh, really? Have you got a, you got a salmon hydration pack? Yeah, those whistles are useless. If you were just a few metres off the track, like say you fell down a little, like, you know, you're on a, you're just off the track but you're stuck, that can make a big difference. Someone, you know, like – No, know, I'll take your word for it. Oh, come on. Don't be <laughs> – uh, look, agree to disagree. If any, okay. If it's up we to can I think that if they want to have a way to at least draw attention, I don't care if it's like a honker or a bell or, <laughs> or a, um, you know, like a mauga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, you've, a way of getting attention and I think, yeah, keeping your phone. I know sometimes we want to keep our phones, leave your phone at home and, dis, at home and disconnect. Yeah, well, and, the, and as of, yeah, I think, I think a phone's important. I, I can tell you a good story about a phone from last week, and that is yep. I was out running and I got a text message from my wife, and mm-hmm. she said, "Are you okay? Because you've been gone for quite some time." And I had written, "We have a whiteboard here, and I write where I'm going and and how long yeah. I'm going for. At least I'm meant to." Um, and I had actually written this on the board, and I had said when I'd be back by, and I wasn't back by then. Yeah. So she'd sent me a text message saying, "You okay?" And I sent a text message saying, yes, okay, and my phone went dead, yeah. like right yeah. on that message. And I went, well, I'm a long way still from the car. God, I hope that that message left. Mm. Did it? To say, yeah, it had because I oh, then, goodness. once I got back to the car, plugged it in, and then I had to drive to get reception. Yeah. So yeah. I still had a 15-minute drive before I got reception. I got reception, and then I then sent a message straight away saying, just double checking that you got my previous message saying I'm okay. I am okay. Yeah. I'm now on my way home. I'm in the car. And she goes, Yeah, it was. I'm I'm good. I got the message. And it was then that I went. You know, I've probably got to cut, start carrying a second battery on a long day. Yeah. Um, or maybe get a new phone with a better battery. You know. Well, <laughs> see, I'm, I in in all secrecy here. I am waiting for the brand new iPhones to come out. Not uh-huh. to buy the most expensive one, to actually buy the smallest iPhone they've released in years, apparently, because I want a small yeah. iPhone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just get a, a, Nokia, a Nokia 3310. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, you can like get the, them. That's like the pinnacle of phones, if you ask me. It, yeah. it is, actually, because yeah, it was small. It did what it needed to do, and yeah. especially for emergencies. And so, the number... Yeah. I had a Nokia 3310 for years and I dropped it and they were designed to fall apart without breaking. Like ah. they, were, they, they were designed that, so that like they didn't just crack. They actually like it was a fail safe. So it was sort of like yeah. a shock absorber. But anyway, it's good. So yeah, don't, if there's multiple reasons to carry your phone. I always tell my wife if I'm going to go on a long run, I'll say, look, if I'm not back by this time, call yeah. me. And if I don't answer, then send for help. You know what I mean? Like, and I yeah. always am overly generous. I might, I might say I'm planning on being gone for two hours. And if basically I say, if I'm not back in three hours, then call, you know, like, um, but she, so it's, it's good to give someone an idea of where and how you're going and how long you're going for, you know, so yeah. you don't yeah, want, I suppose. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> it, it's worst case scenario, you know, like these are just our um, own yeah. sort of little things that we do. Um, yeah. Well, now, not, I have a question you guys yep. I, interrupt. Mm-hmm. I did i did interrupt um salt tablets do you guys use salt tablets in no summer? not anymore no? i have no. i take um an electrolyte drinks with me yep right that's your solution and what about yep. you daniel that would yeah electrolytes 
I'm thinking more about elect. I mean, it doesn't mean I always take something that's purely just electrolytes, but things like infinite and and drinks similar to that often have electrolytes in them. Well, you know, yeah. I took, I used to take salt tablets quite a bit, and I do think that they help. But once I took better control of my nutrition and hydration generally, I felt like the salt tablets became redundant. You know. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 How about yourself, Ashley? Have you got experience with salt tablets? Yeah, I take salt tablets every day now, but that's um, that's to help with uh, my cancer as well. So mm-hmm. I have found that um, the tumours that I have make me perspire a lot more, and I do use custom infinite, but it's still not salty enough for the amount of salt that I sweat. I couldn't stomach it if it was. So, yeah, I'm using salt tablets as well. Yeah. It's interesting. They're really handy if you want to um, put them on your chips as well halfway through a race. You grind them up and you... (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, too much salt can actually have a bit of a... Oh, yeah, you've got to know the feeling. Bad effect on the stomach. Yes. Yeah, I do agree with that. A lot of runners will do take things... A lot of ultra runners will take things to the extreme. Like, for example, if it says... Take two, no more yes. than two every hour. They'll take six because they're like, well, I need more, you know. Yeah. And and more is and dangerous. salt doesn't work that way. No, no, it does so not. I feel mm. like it's a more of a, um, and I think the nutritional side or nutritional experts will probably back me up on this is that if you eat properly and drink properly on your in your races and have a bit of an electrolyte balance, you maybe have some uh, a Vegemite sandwich. Huge difference, exactly. Yeah, just mm. like that. A salt, some salty treats, even yeah. like a little pa- a packet, of, little packet of chips or something, will make a huge difference. I mm. crave, I do crave salt in long races, um, and but I just, yeah, I realise that just taking pure salt can be dangerous. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and you do get extraordinarily salty sweat. Yeah, you notice it when you get back. I feel like mm. I've got way more. I'm way more of a salty sea dog. Like I look like I've been in the ocean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. And you take your hat off, and it's got like all the white lines yeah. of salt on it. <laughs> yeah. My nice salt for crust. A long run, and yeah, you'd literally have a salt crust. I, I tell you, I I don't do this, but I'm going to recommend, uh, like a rag to wipe your face. You know. <laughs> You know, like I, actually, I have one clipped to my back. That is a legionnaire's hat. You are officially a big dork. I, I don't, <laughs> Isabel. I never wore an. I never. I didn't no. say I wore a, a legionnaire's No, no, but hat. I mean anyone, yeah. anyone. Yeah. If they did that with their legionnaire's hat or their bucket hat, uh, no. I'm a heavy sweater. <laughs> you know, I need. I do. I get. I get salt in my eyes, and it hurts. Oh. And so, and I pull. Shut up. <laughs> we've all got our things and I, look, I i've never done it but i know that sometimes you know like when you come through an aid station and you know they've got like sometimes they've got like the um sponges with they probably not wouldn't yeah. do it now but you know yeah. sponge with water and you sponge your face and the amount of salt water that salt that comes off my face anyway yeah. it's just an idea but yeah so that's that's uh running on the trail that i think that's a pretty good um comprehensive so basically, you need to bring like a massive suitcase when you go out. <laughs> yeah, it's your weight training good. session at the same time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> making sure, definitely making sure you have the two things that I would take out of that for me personally 
make sure you've got enough fluids and a snake bandage. Yes. Yeah. They are the most, to me, they're the most important things. Yeah. And if you're running with friends, make sure they also have those things. Because mm. I've been in situations where people have come out on a big long trail run when it's a bit warm and they haven't got even much water. Like going out for 25 Ks on the trails and they've got like a 500 ml bottle and that's it. And it's like, yeah. well, that's going to last you the first half hour. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't yeah. want to have to be giving them my water. Everyone should, I've, you need I've to... been in that situation where I have given all my water away. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because of other people that had come. Yep. Yeah. Be prepared. Like a Boy Scout. Um, I think that's. Have we covered any all the questions? I, look, I think we've probably covered enough for this episode. I agree. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yep. But yeah. And um. But, do... And so once again, if people have whether or not we do this next week, but it's it'll it's good to get a a base of questions. Whenever you have a question, pop it on the um. Facebook page, and we will have more of these episodes where we get around to answering questions. Yeah. Yep. Um, did you shout? Did you want to? Did you shout out all the names of the people who call who gave us questions? Because I think they were. I know we have got Jen from first one. Jen, mm-hmm. Mel, and Sarah. Yeah. Thank you, Jen, Mel, and Sarah. Come on, come on, guys, boys, gentlemen. Yeah, you're right. Where are the guys? You. Yeah, man. Mm. No, we need some more. That was no, but the ladies, well done, and um, thank you for listening and uh, um, your giving us your great questions. And did did you guys want to report in very quickly on your training for the week? Sorry, Izzy. Not really. Not really. Not really. Well, Izzy, just, Izzy's just, still just, stuck doing only two hours a day. Yeah. Well, well I mean, on, like I said, on most days that's fine, but you know, I'm just, yeah, no, over it. Over it, and the five kilometer, you know, have, I'm so bored, and I know that sounds whatever, but you try every... living like this for for months and months on end, it's just, <clears throat> you yeah. know, you've done really well. It's just doing my head in. And you're yeah. you're on, the, you know where you are right now. You're almost on the the home straight, and I sound a wh- no, like a we're wank, not same. because they're not no, they're not talking no? about releasing us until the end of November. Oh really? Okay, I apologise. I take yeah, it back. like seriously. They, they, November, want, they another... do want to get down to zero cases, so is that that's such. You don't I mean, I was ready to swear. Then we can't get down yeah. to zero. It's like saying you're going to get rid of car accidents. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I agree with you. Annoys yeah. the bejesus out of me. We can I get rid of that. car accidents. We just get rid of cars. Exactly. Yeah. And so, how are we going to get rid of coronavirus? Just get rid of people. That's it. Well, I don't we're, know. We're working. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's shit house. Well, keep just keep on keeping on, Isabel, because you've got you've got to do the podcast, so you've got no other choice. <laughs> That's so exactly right. Yeah. We need you, mm. and our listeners <laughs> need you. So, um, yeah, mm. and you, but it's you know we're just we're all doing our best. And you're yeah, doing, I mean, oh, everybody... and I'm I'm trying really trying hard not to be a whinger, but you know, it's getting harder. <laughs> I I personally think it's okay to whinge and just get it yeah. out of your system. You know, I've had plenty of whinges lately. Um, so yeah, hopefully that things turn a corner for you guys and, um, yeah, that's it. And we're, I mean, I'm still very grateful for the position we're in and yeah, I'm going to keep trucking with my knee and hopefully I can run a bit and at least, you know, yeah. yeah. But anyway, you'll get out there eventually. I know you will. And, um, (laughs) even if you're 102 when you do. Exactly. I will be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Step out the door and then catch coronavirus. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll be in that the demographic. Be, that'd be shit. 
Sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't make the terrible. We've got to have some dark humour every now and again. Oh, I'm do, all yes. For dark if you can't, humor. if you can't laugh, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 Um, sure. All right. Should we sign off here? We'll sign off here. I'll just say that my my running has been mountainous. It has been mountainous. It has. How many so, thousand metres of elevation have you done recently in the last week? Uh, I've done over 10,000 in the last week. That's Wow. There you go. That's you so go. awesome. Yeah. So, I think um, it's, it's been good fun. Yeah. yeah. What I can say is I am loving at the moment the amount of flowers that are out and particularly the orchids. Up high oh. in altitude, the yeah. orchids are all flowering and they oh, yeah. are spectacular. You don't get to see them every year, so it's just the right year for it. So cool. being very lucky. Yeah, nice. look, on my 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 failed trail run the other day, it actually was the only saving grace was that the the hills were alive with flowers and there was green <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. my knee. Oh, that looks pretty. Oh, my knee. Oh, look at those flowers. Oh, my... so it was oh God, of... you sound old. I know. I, I was hobbling. It was oh, sheer. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. And just going downhill as well. I had to yeah. zigzag, which I never normally, you know, I had to go walk, yeah. you know, zigzag across the track because it was going straight down was too much. But, yeah, mm. but we, we, I will survive. Yeah. You will survive. Yes, that's a good song in itself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We shall Excellent. wrap it up. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, listeners. Catch you again next week.